Hi, thanks for tuning in to High on Horror. I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to all the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today we're reviewing the definitive Creep Van movie, The Man in the White Van. It's directed by Warren Skeels, whose only feature-length credit to his name is a film from 2010 called Thespians about the world's largest high school theater competition. But don't let that deter you from seeing The Man in the White Van, because it's not one to sleep on. By the time this episode airs, The Man in the White Van will have made its world premiere at the 23 Newport Beach Film Festival this past Saturday. The movie is based on real events, so we'll be getting into that. And of course, we're going to start off by telling you what we're smoking this week. Today on High on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. Alright, it's time for Strain Wreck, the segment of our show where we tell you what we're getting wrecked on. Um... We actually went to the dispensary, so let me uh, just uh, give us out our shit here. Let's I also don't know why they put it uh, far in Dodder. It's, it's going to be a, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a, um, a vape day today. We're both vaping. I got some of that uh, wedding cake. Wedding cake. And uh, John, what did you get? <laughs> I got, got some Jelly Rancher. Nice. And uh, Jelly Rancher, of course, these always come from Leafly here. Jelly Rancher is a sativa-dominant hybrid weed strain made from a genetic cross between Very Cherry and Notorious THC. I have not heard of that strain, <laughs> but tight. that is amazing. I was just going to say, yeah, that's tight, man. Uh, Jelly Rancher, uh, well, the flower is 27.5% THC. Shit, what the fuck did my bag say? <laughs> I had it on here. Uh, 86% THC. And uh, making this strain an ideal choice for experienced cannabis consumers. Uh, Leafly customers tell us Jelly Rancher's effects include feelings of happiness, euphoria, and focus. Medical marijuana patients often choose Jelly Rancher when dealing with symptoms associated with anxiety, depression, and pain. It's uh, bred by the Humboldt Seed Company. Jelly Rancher features flavors like berry, strawberry, and citrus. Uh, The dominant terpene of this strain is... I can never pronounce these. Carol Feline. <laughs> and I don't know why they gave average prices, but uh, <laughs> that usually is not one they include with that. So I'll just skip over that. It's going to be whatever it's at, at your dispensary or your street pharmacist. Either way. Street not, pharmacist. <laughs> not that we condone that. Uh, feelings are happy, giggly, and relaxed. The negatives, of course, dry mouth, dry eyes, and anxious. And, uh, I was trying to see here. I think I might have lost a review here, but there was one uh, that just, uh, like always, some people just go too far. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I finally found it here. This was a review from August 7th of this year. So uh, they say it's creative, euphoric, and happy. Uh, the bud itself made my eyes open wider because of the white, bright, White, bright green buds with colorful colorful undertones that made me want to smoke the whole bag before I smoked any of it. Bag appeal and smell of this strain is 10 out of 10. I decided to smoke this weed in three different ways. I started with a personal taste test with the glass chillum. And I'm not adding anything. This is I read these reviews as how they're written. One big hit and the terpenes danced in my mouth throat and lungs while the exhale was delicious 
I can't show no, that one. God. I'm only halfway through. <laughs> wow. In all capitals. This is unreal. As I quickly went back for my second rip, I felt hap- happy and extremely satisfied. Smoking weed during the day could either motivate me or put me right back to bed. In this case, I called a buddy who has ADHD. I don't know why that's important. Maybe we'll find out. And went to smoke with him. He rarely smokes anymore because he gets tired and can't think on his toes. We usually play chess, and after one rip, he was focused. I was satisfying to watch how cannabis truly helps ADHD. I packed a raw cone and shared with everyone. All positive stoners. Last, I took a few bong rips and got really baked. Laughed until my eyes exploded. I didn't get the munchies, which is nice. I threw axes and went for a hike. Love this weed with three exclamation points. I think this is the first time I've read one that's truly legit. Just gotcha. Yeah, that was that was uh, too fucking, much. That one, that, that was, was a little much. much. Danced in my mouth, throat, and, and lungs. The, when I, and the exhale tasted delicious. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was it. But uh, what we've been trying it so far, and I I quite enjoy it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we've had the the weed before, so we can skip over that part. But the uh, the vape here for wedding cake that I got here is uh, it's a hybrid, and the THC on that one is eighty five point nine one percent. God damn! So. Yeah, we getting ripped on these tonight. Everybody knows you can get getting ripped on pens is, is next level. Yeah, uh, I mean, and half the time, yeah, I used to work at Bank of America, and I would stand out there with the smokers just ripping my pen. And I mean, they, the the pens were starting to become popular, but they hadn't really like caught on. I feel like now, like yeah. everybody has one. Yep. But like, I I know a couple people with one, and I would just stand out there on my break and just be ripping my pen, and like nobody saying anything. I know. What, and I just go back and answer calls from people who legit don't know how credit works. But fuck Bank of America. Well, our our, our lovely producer Josh Hensley probably has his work cut out for us this episode. There's probably going to be a <laughs> lot of coughing cut out. Yeah, that uh, sucks new to be listeners you, Josh. won't be hearing due to his fine tuned editing. But all right, let's talk about the movie a little bit here. Um, so uh, we all know what a creeper van is. We joke about them all the time because they're all around us, right? I mean, there's even a movie from 2012 straight titled Creep Van. Hell, the uh, creeper in Jeepers Creepers had a creep van. <laughs> um, but uh, the way that this movie found its footing was when the man in the white van director, Warren Skeels, was having dinner with a producer friend and talking about true crime and uh, said producer friend told him he should take a look into what his wife went through when she was younger, which turned out to be the man in the white van story that unfolded in America when bodies started turning up in the 80s. Yeah, uh, funny story. You, you Do you remember my mom's like white white fan it was like a windowless like white creeper oh, yeah. van oh yeah it was, and it was extended too which made it even weirder and uh my mom would use it when she if she went camping and she had an army cot in the back which made it look even more creeperish but uh like i would take my nephew places in it and we went to like toys r us when that place was still open <laughs> and i was like you know somebody must be watching and just see me in the parking lot just loading this like three-year-old kid into the back of like this white van and just leave toys r us man i was like i was i was surprised i was like somebody's gotta like call the cops right <laughs> that's fucking hilarious that's great <laughs> oh my god i got nothing to add to that so if you want you could take us into the plot 
All right, and uh, this is a description that's sent to us uh, from Legion. Inspired by a true story, the man in the white van delves into the eerie underbelly of a seemingly idyllic 1974 Florida town and follows the heroin experience of a young Annie Williams, a spirited girl whose carefree existence is turned upside down as she becomes stalked by an ominous man in a white van. The tranquility of Annie's world... From her love of horseback riding to her leisurely strolls from school in the nearby woods begins to crumble as the menacingly white van inches closer and closer. As her parents' skepticism increasingly grows, Annie finds herself psychologically isolated, and on Halloween night her worst fears materialize into a full-blown nightmare as she gets abducted. This is the feature debut of director Warren Skeel's the Man in the White Van is a gripping exploration of terror, paranoia, and the fragility of security in a place where darkness lurks behind every surface. Based on the actual events of serial killer Billy Mansfield Jr., the film captures a bone-chilling story of a young girl's unimaginable horrors and every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah, that's definitely every parent's worst nightmare for sure. And I actually believe that you uh, dug up a little information about the real-life killer for us here. Is that right? Yep, uh, a little more here on uh, Billy Mansfield Jr. Uh, he's still alive. Uh, he's been in prison since 1981. He is serving four life sentences. He's oh, there for shit. murder, rape, and also being a child molester. It seems the only crime of his involved in the van is when he snatched an 18-year-old Pamela Shirelle and took her to a rented trailer and assaulted her. Uh, she escaped and reported it to police, who went back and did not find Mansfield Jr. when they went to look for him. And initially, four bodies had been found at the family residence in Springfield, Florida. Since Billy's brother's arrest, um, I actually forget when, I want to say it was back around 2000, uh, they've actually found more bodies at the residence since then. So has there, has there been a total yet? Do we know a total of how many bodies have been uncovered from this same killer? Uh, some else of what I was reading, it was saying that, I don't know if maybe they think his brother was also involved. Um, I didn't dive too deep into it, but they weren't able to <laughs> find some of the bodies and actually say that they were his. So far, they just have it as five plus as, as how many murders. <clears throat> yeah, the, sorry about that. that. That's really crazy, though. Um, like uh, so, 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 just no total number, but still digging up bodies and uncovering bodies. Okay. Yeah, they said that some of them, they, I guess they can conclusively attribute it to him, but they have found more bodies on the property, but he's got five or more, so. And who knows if he's committed them all on that property, you know what I mean, so. Uh, he committed them in different states, actually. Right, that's what I mean, yeah, because yeah, he yeah, traveled. I mean, he, he buried, there's bad bodies buried there, but I mean, there might be bodies buried elsewhere, too. Yeah, true. But, uh. This film, I was surprised uh, we actually had, uh, like, Sean Astin and Allie Lauder were in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did not recognize uh, the main actress. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Oh, uh, um, Madison Wolf. Thank you. I did not realize she was in The Conjuring 2. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah. The, oh, uh, the, yeah, the I never put that together. Wow. Yeah. It's, she looks completely different. Well, you know, we should have known something like that. But, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. And uh, this film felt very Halloween-esque to me mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the stalking and things like that. Uh, like one part literally felt like when Lori's escaping Michael when she's leaving the Doyle, or I'm sorry, she's going back to the Doyle residence after being attacked at the Wallace home. 
Mm-hmm. And it felt almost kind of felt like a little bit of when a stranger calls mixed in as well, even though there's really no it. phone calls. Um, Sean Astin was great as the father, but he's usually great in anything he usually does. Yeah. Uh, the family structure felt very real. The tension between the sisters was well done. Uh, there's a lot I like about the film. I like that you don't really get a solid look at the killer mm-hmm. till later on, but it's still kind of in the shadows. Uh, I very much enjoyed them going back. Uh, I guess, well, I guess it wasn't back. They were going forward in years, starting from 79 yeah. and rolling back and kind of showing hit, showing you his previous victims. And they did kind of a good job of splashing that in with the main story. I like that too. Uh, it kind of messed with me the first time I didn't, I was like, where, where's this going? I thought it was a connection. I'm like, Oh no, we're just getting victims. Uh, I have a lot of praise for this film. However, the ending felt heavily underwhelming for me. Okay. I just, I don't, I didn't know where it was going, but I just don't think it paid off well at all. Mm. And it really brought down my rating of the film to be completely honest. Like, mm-hmm. It just it it was solid. I was I was into it, and then I just fell flat towards the end for me. I I give it a six point four out of ten. It six pain, point four. It okay. pains me to score it that low, but that ending just just really sunk it for me. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I guess all right. So I'll start first of all. Um. I'm gonna touch up on a few things that you said. Okay. Um, but because okay. uh, we had similar thoughts here, but uh, I did. I wanted to just say that the movie had a strong opening. Um, the uh, I'm not trying to give too much away, spoiler wise, but the uh, opening kidnapping that we see uh, gave me gave me a very malevolence feel. Which, if you know me, yeah. I'm all about that because I love malevolence. That oh my god! I was trying to think. I was like, thank you. Malevolence is where that came from. I yeah. You also it, thought of it? I couldn't think of what movie I was thinking of, but now that you said it, yep, that was <laughs> that's that's the movie I was trying to think of. Yeah, because it also has that indie feel as well, yeah. like that polished it polished but still indie feel. Yeah. Um but I, I Annie loves horses but can't help getting ragged on by them. I <laughs> just you know, uh she has a hard time not falling off her horse, you know. I mean I thought that was pretty funny because she uh she was a tough girl, and I think that was the point right away. You know, they wanted you to know she's tough, she's a fighter, and I, I think the acting by Madison Wolf was great in that role, like you said, and uh, Breck Basinger did a great job as the uh, proper mannered church-going snooty yeah, I sister. I thought both Margaret. of them played their roles very well and played yeah. well off of each other. Yeah, and that's one thing in this movie, though. It's uh, it, it's obvious because of the time that it takes place in in the seventies and all that. Uh, it's very strict on being proper and ladylike, and you know, like the parents, uh, Ali Larder and Sean Astin, especially enforcing leg shaving and dress wearing. You know, and Annie is kind of the progressive one who kind of pushes what's acceptable and what isn't, and what expects society has of her that she's willing to cooperate with and also i'm talking while i'm talking about the times this movie takes place let's put it this way this movie takes place when getting your own phone extension in your room was something that youth social status was uh hindered on yeah and i mean honestly even though you're like it's that far back i mean even up to when uh, i mean we're getting old ourselves but uh even when we were kids in the 90s and shit like you wanted your own phone line so your friends you remember that too dude i was like this is in the 70s i was like maybe i'm tripping but i thought it was a big deal when i was a kid too it always was and like uh i feel like wasn't it like part didn't it happen in like uh 
oh my god, why can I not think of the TV show Full House? I feel like one of the girls had wanted their own line in that I'm show. I'm sure well. that's happened. I'm sure. But like, yeah, like, I mean, it was a big deal back then. And I mean, it went all the way. I mean, it had a good run up through like, you know, early 2000s for us before like cell phones. Cell phones took over. Basically, everybody did get their own extension. Which is the kind of the parents' worst nightmare because it gives you even more privacy than just your own extension. Like I was with, uh, I, I was with uh, Sh- Sean Aston when he was like, "Oh, well, what are you going to do with it?" And then like her other sister was like, "Talk to boys," and he's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> um, I will say that uh, I love the part when uh, Annie and her uh, little brother just straight up Red Rider BB gun the shit out of the van and cracked the window. Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> they straight up used a Red Rider shotgun BB, dude. Like they yeah. BB, never seen a BB gun used so badass before. But uh, this is this van is legit a creeper van. I mean, down to even the tinted windows. Even am I right? Like I even thought, oh, this motherfucker even got black windows. Come on, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, like if you remember my mom's on the side. It didn't have any. It only had windows on the front. And right. The drive, drive for a passenger <laughs> side. I mean, that shit even more creepier. <laughs> Um, I wonder what I just wish I could know what some people thought when like my late 60 year old mom is like getting out of like a white work van with no windows. I think she was like a wing, a wing, a wingman for a kidnapper <laughs> or something, you know, but, um, we get to see some, uh, horse kick foo as Joe Bob would say, we get to see horse, a uh, horse kicking the living shit out of, uh, someone and, uh, giving them some good old horsey sweet chin music. And it was funny. I, was in an earlier scene too we kind of foreshadowed it i guess spoiler alert but yeah i mean i think in the moment watching that scene you know exactly what was coming so and you were kind of rooting for it to happen right i was like oh, okay because earlier you're just like why is that in here and uh yeah uh any fights but the creep just won't back off and uh also uh something i've discovered was that the director used his own hands in some of the shots instead of the actual actor playing the killer slash creeper slash stalker um so i guess you know uh our director here channeled his inner dario argento (laughs) um so uh all right so i guess to conclude this um the movie is fine-tuned in regards to pacing and I think the Scott, the score by Scott Borland uh, highlighted the movie. The things about this movie that I don't like is, well, uh, I, I don't like how the parenting was the stereotype, oh, okay, honey, oh, okay, honey, uh-huh, brush-off type of parenting. You know, I feel like that kind of stifled the performances of Allie Larder and Sean Astin. Like, had they been given the opportunity to react and be involved in some of, like, the intense moments, I feel like that would have done nothing but elevate the movie. But I'm not here to judge. I'm here to judge what's in front of me, not what you know, not what could have been. So onwards. Um, I just like how they made the creep like Michael Myers. He's essentially a plaid wearing Michael Myers. You yeah. mentioned that he like you can't see him, and that's true. But you can't see the motherfucker's flannel you, shirt. You, you cannot tell me her running did not feel exactly like Laurie Strode running back to the Doyle household. It did. It did. And uh, like banging on the door and yes. everything. And like, but also though, it was like he didn't get hurt. He gets hit with a car, and it's like he didn't get hurt no matter what they. Th- throw at him he just like momentarily gets stunned the same way michael would and uh the director said he referenced jaws a lot but i didn't see jaws i saw a lot of halloween um and i guess yeah. la- lastly i think the movie is definitely intense it has some all-around great performances i really liked it i liked the reverse countdown to the climax to halloween night on 1974 like we talked about yeah. it's a it's a movie you can really get some of your friends together and watch and everyone can relate to and you know be pulled in because everyone's been creeped out by a creep man at some point in their life like i said earlier 
Um, but uh, yeah, I give this movie a six out of ten. Damn, so okay, we both kind of scored around the same. I thought maybe you would have maybe liked it a little more, but like I feel like if a better if there was a better ending to it, I feel like it would be rated a lot higher. It's I just, agree. That ending just I went oh. And if it didn't feel okay. like the killer was trying to be Michael Myers, like I didn't feel that in Malevolence. You know what I mean? The killer didn't try to. There, even though Malevolence had a heavy Halloween, and we talked to Stephen Mena about that heavy Halloween, even down to the blue and black cinematography and the colors, but we didn't feel like the killer was trying to be Michael. That kind of threw this off for me. Like I wanted him. To, I don't want Michael. Like you're don't don't give me a poor man's Michael. Just make your own guy. You know. There wasn't even a Loomis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's just. I agree. Though, the Those are the most flat. disappointing movies because I'm like, you had me. Yes. And it was funny because I was a little tired when I first started watching it. So I was like, let me just watch this later. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't really like, I was like, I don't really care for it. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm tired. Maybe come back. So I come back to it. And I'm like, okay. I think I was just tired. I was like, I'm kind of kind of digging this. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, this feels like, even though it's like a stalker mm-hmm somewhat slasher i guess you could say yeah because you see him abducting people it's still kind of a slow burn on our main story yeah and it's just i was kind of like so that's 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 how that's how we went with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah i mean it definitely has definitely had more potential I, i think movies like this that end bad are like worse than movies that end that are like terrible but then have like good or ridiculous endings because these are the ones that I find like are the hardest to rewatch. And I even own movies like that where I like the movie but I hate the ending. And I'm like, maybe over time it'll grow on me. And I so like, you have that hope the that like, because, it, because you like the, the movie, new it. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> because you like the movie, you're like, you know, I'll just hold out hope that like I can get over the ending at some point. And then sometimes you do the original it, <laughs> the it remake, but uh, sometimes you don't. And then sometimes you're like, yeah, you know what? That movie's going in the trade in pile. Like I wanted to give it that chance, but I just, even after time passed and several rewatches, I just can't justify that bullshit call, you know. And Halloween that's, ends. <laughs> Actually, that's not even fair. That's Exorcist not even fair. Because I was gonna say Halloween ends. I just pretty much hated the entire movie after the opening scene. But uh, so that's not fair. I wasn't digging that till the end, of the end let me down. I know every movie fan out there listed has a movie that they uh, are like, I hate the ending, I mean, but I still watch it. it. Had a lot I hate of the ending, but I still watch it. And, and on, just on Instagram, when you posted that. Like, yeah. like what was a movie that disappointed you yeah that's i feel like that was one of that was one of the ones people responded to the most yeah and uh i had to believe it or not i only saw like one or two hereditaries which blew me away because i thought it'd be more that movie is so divisive it's crazy there's people like me that literally and i don't have as a critic i watch you know i watch the, the shittiest the, i will watch fr- a fucking fried berry and fucking street trash and like do all that shit i'll watch body melt I watch fucking a Serbian film. I don't. I don't care. I don't have my pinky out when it comes to like watching movies. I'm not that type of a critic, but uh, sometimes I am, I guess. And you know, <laughs> that's that's the case with that one. Well, I don't really have much more to say. I, well, I do, but we're gonna talk when we're done recording because I don't want to give spoilers for it. But I have more to talk about with this movie. Okay. Yeah. But uh, let's uh, let's wrap, wrap wrap this shit up. Here. All right. Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Yeah, 
make sure to follow us online for next week's episode at high on horror 420 at facebook x i always feel weird calling it x like yeah. i feel like people are like the fuck is x but then I feel like isn't isn't the website say X and then formerly Twitter? Like yeah. if you gotta say you were formerly something, you probably should just stuck with it. But anyway, X slash Twitter and uh, what what else I forget? Instagram, TikTok. I don't think we've uploaded a TikTok in a long time. No, I'm lazy. I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, make sure to follow us on there and get next week's episode. Uh, send us your PPA puff puff ass questions at high on horror four twenty gmail Check out our website, highonhorror.com. And uh, I guess I'll about wrap her up. Catch us later. Yeah, we don't really have an episode to announce yet. We don't know what we're doing yet. We owe you all an Exorcist episode. We owe you all a Saw X episode. Yeah. We've been horrible. John's had a baby. You know, the work <laughs> schedules have been everywhere. Blame but, the baby, everybody. But, Blame uh, the baby. We don't... <laughs> Yeah, we don't have uh, we don't have anything scheduled yet, but we'll be here next week. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I guess you'll see what happens. <laughs> and uh, if you're listening to this like in 2024, then it's already been solved. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>